What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Paranormal Mind, the Searchers podcast. So y'all want to talk about this topic that we got? Yeah. You ready to get started on the podcast? <laughs> this episode is freaking badass. Uh, we're going to be talking about one of the most fascinating encounters in American history. It's one of the most fascinating, in my eyes anyway, is the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. Have y'all ever heard of this? Ooh, is this the goblins? Yeah, I love this. I love goblins. Kinda. All right. So for those of you who don't know, the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter is a story of a bizarre and unexplainable encounter between a group of Kentucky residents and what they believe to be extraterrestrial beings. Why is it always like Kentucky and, and West Virginia? Why why is all the cool stuff happening over there? Because they're wild out there in Appalachia. Yeah. You know, wild and wonderful. What's that yeah. moonshine, too? Yeah, it's that moonshine thing. Yeah. It's a story that's captivated and intrigued people for generations. And in this podcast, we are going to explore the many questions and theories surrounding the enduring mystery. It was goblins. All right. So the witnesses in the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter were some real characters. They were crazy. Uh, we're talking about Elmer Lucky Sutton. Elmer? <laughs> Love it. His buddy, Billy Ray Taylor. Billy Ray. And various other family members who just happened to be carnival workers. I mean, you can't make this up. It's carnival workers. Okay. I checked out. Yeah. All right. So Legit. These, so these guys had, had gathered for a family supper at a farmhouse rented by Lucky's mother, Miss Glennie Lankford, on the evening of August 21st, 1955. Nothing too out of the ordinary, right? But here's where things take a really strange turn. A few hours later, Sutton, Taylor, and other family members showed up at the Hopkinsville police headquarters asking for help, and they were frantic. <laughs> They claimed that they had been under attack by aliens from a spaceship and they had been holding them off with gunfire for hours. That's right. You heard me right. Gunfire. So as you can imagine, the police were a little skeptical at first and they were like, okay, what are these people doing here begging for help and saying that they're fighting aliens? I mean, who wouldn't be? I would be skeptical if right. somebody somebody came to me saying, oh, I'm finding a, a horde of aliens in my backyard. You know, I'd, I'd be like, okay, are you high on something? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's crazy. But when they arrived at the farmhouse, they found evidence of strange lights and bullet holes in the wall. The, the witnesses claimed that the aliens had silver skin and long arms and they were impervious to gunfire. Like it didn't bother them, didn't phase them. Bulletproof okay. aliens. Where's the baby? It gets weirder. Yeah, where's the baby? All right, so according to witnesses, the encounter began when Billy Ray Taylor went outside to draw water from the well and saw a bright light streak across the sky around 7 p.m. So about an hour later, he heard a dog barking, and when he and Lucky Sutton went outside to investigate, they claimed they saw a creature. They said that they fired their guns at a scary face that appeared at a window and that Taylor's hair was grabbed by a huge clawed hand. <laughs> <laughs> These boys are wild. All right, so before I before I go any further, what are y'all's thoughts right now? Like I I'm seeing your faces so the people that are just listening to the audio only and you're not patrons of ours right now right. and you're not seeing the video version, you're not seeing Ray's over there looking like, "Oh, this is a bunch of bullshit." I, I love it because yeah. people, man, people are crazy. I mean, it's just uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I gotta hear the rest of this before I can make an <laughs> educated opinion. Listen, man, I'm all I'm all about this story. All right, so it gets stranger, surprisingly enough, right? Sutton and Taylor claimed that they had shot at the creature on the roof and in nearby trees, and that the creature floated to the ground. I mean, what the hell, right? And so 
Who knows what they were dealing with at this point? So officers from city, county, and state law enforcement agencies, as well as four military police from nearby U.S. Army Fort Campbell, descended on a farmhouse to investigate. However, their search yielded nothing except a single 22 bullet hole in one screen. That's it? One screen, likely from Billy Ray's pistol. As you can imagine, the press had a field day on this story. They gleefully reported that there were 12 to 15 creatures involved, described as little men. Goblins. Ufologist Bud Ledwith and Isabel Davis even wrote a book about the incident, Close Encounters at Kelly and others of 1955, and added even more embellishments to the story. With the story becoming a legendary battle of the quote rednecks versus aliens <laughs> from that sounds like a good movie for for many UFO enthusiasts. That. Despite this sensationalism, the story of the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter remains one of the most fascinating and mysterious UFO sightings in American history. Who knows what really happened on that fateful night in 1955? It's a mystery that I don't think we'll ever fully understand. But there was a lot of skepticism along the way. But we'll talk about that in a second. Now that I finished that little tidbit. Any other thoughts? Well, see, my thing is, is like the legitimacy of this. I feel I'm leaning towards it being more legitimate because 1955 was right when the like UFO craze was really starting. So this wasn't like when everybody was making it up just to just to do it. it. This was when you were going to lose your entire life saying you saw an alien. Yeah, right. Sure. You'd be ridiculed. Yeah. You'd be, uh, yeah. you, there would be claims that but, you were mentally ill. But I'm pretty sure Elmer and Billy Ray didn't have much of a life throw okay, away. So, so I know I laugh about this, but I think I have to side with it possibly being legit to, to an extent, at least, too, because I think. It's the same area as Hellier. It is the same area as Hellier. But on top of that, it is, I think there's been a more recent encounter with aliens at this same place. Except they're calling them goblins now because they were short. Right. Yep. Short men. Yeah. And, and what else is interesting about this is there is a cave system that yep. runs like miles and miles and miles up under Kentucky in this right. area that they use for mining and stuff like that. So there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> no. So <laughs> again, suggests. again, it's the background noise. Y'all, you'll get used to it. I'm sorry. Uh, it's uh, We're recording at BJ's Billiards. This is a good opportunity plug to plug them. Plug uh, but they've been so kind to let us set up shop here. And, and uh, it's a bar. You know, you're going to hear a little bit of the background noise. Again, how we do things, we want to be real as possible. And, you know, we don't have to be in a studio to make and things we're work. Poor, so we have and to we're poor, happy. too. So we got to <laughs> deal with it. poor, you got. become pretty real. Yeah. <laughs> right. The life of uh, reality TV uh, people. I'm, huh? I'm trying to prove this isn't a hobby. <laughs> my wife and five kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Ray said, uh, mentioned Hellier, too. So Hellier is a documentary show that Greg and Dana Newkirk and uh, uh, Carl Pfeiffer. Yep. That they put out. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Mm -hmm. First and second season. It's very interesting. Very interesting. I got to tell you that they put a lot of hard work into it. And uh, it's captivating. Yeah. You need to go check it out. They put a lot of work. It's different. Into it. Yeah. It's different. It's different. And that's why it's on Prime. Amazon Prime. You know, but you know what? I think that they have the opportunity to be selective Mm -hmm. because they're not going to alter their work right. and i think that that's commendable that is a cool thing let's get back into the story we get we heard a little bit of your speculation 
So it turns out that the whole thing may have not been an alien encounter at all. Uh, really? All right. They were goblins so, instead. Uh, I don't know. So in 2005, as part of the Little Green Men Festival, Hopkinsville Chamber of Commerce hired Joe Nickel from CSI COP to investigate the incident and give a talk on the matter. In 2005. Yep. 60, what, 50 years later? Right. Man, they've so, been milking this one. I'm so, telling. so Nickel interviewed surviving witnesses, went through old records and newspaper archives, and did a thorough in- analysis of the incident. So according to Nickel's analysis, the creatures described in the incident had many similarities to the great horned owl, which is common in I the area. I believe this because if you've ever seen a baby owl, it's an alien. There's, there's always there's owls. owls intertwined with that, which yeah. makes it even a little makes it stranger. more legit. Yeah, it but does. but think but let's let's carry on. Just hold on. Uh, everybody at home right now, Google baby hairless baby owls. Right, right yeah, for sure. All right, so these owls stand about two feet tall, like we were talking about, and aggressively defend their nest and attack humans who approach too closely. So the families reported twelve to fifteen creatures, but no one saw more than two at once. The descriptions by Sutton and Taylor would have greatly resembled adult great horned owls at night with no exterior lighting. Furthermore, they hunt one hour after sunset, which is right at the time of the firefight, the gun, the gunfire and all of that. So in Nichols view, the incident can be easily explained by a meteor and a pair of territorial owls, particularly since the heightened expectation prompted by the earlier flying saucer sighting and the effects of excitement and nighttime viewing could have been contributed to the witnesses' descriptions. So there you have it. The mystery of the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter might not be as mysterious after all. I kind of feel like his resolution to that is more far-fetched than the actual yeah, like Sight. you're telling me, you're telling me a bunch of rednecks in the middle of rule. Got attacked by great horn owls. Don't know what an owl looks like. Come on, man. That's that's my thing. It's like and and, and come think on. about it. These these owls it, depend, it depends on the, the it depends on the lighting man. now. Yeah, but so so in this entire time they were shooting at owls and they never once like pooed or anything. Were they intoxicated? Yeah, but I'm I mean, pretty likely. sure I could be. And I'm like, oh, that's an owl. I don't know now. Here's here's like I don't know. And if they're flying, floating you, and flying are two different things. Well, yeah. when you're when you're floating down from uh, like if you're diving down from a tree, it's going to look like it's floating for a second. Okay, <laughs> it's not like a flapping of the wings. It's like a I, deep dive to. To kick your ass. <laughs> so I, I look at it like this, though. Any scenario out there, especially when it's natural occurrences, happen more than once, right? So it's it's a normal thing. This ain't normal, though. <laughs> One story of people seeing aliens and they're trying to put it on owls, but, right? But given given but owls what should we exist know, all the time. Given what we know about that area, there's been more strange activity, and unusual there than, activity. Than- then there has been owl attack. So West Virginia, as we know, has Point Pleasant, has Flatwoods Monster. Hopkinsville has the Kentucky Goblin. Yeah. Here's another thing that's fascinating. They were in a, a gunfire fight for hours. Right. Like I don't think is, that they would have shot. So you're telling right? and, and you're mean, telling me that owls aren't gonna be like, oh, get out of well, here. Well, th- they speculate that they were defending their nest. So that was why they were aggressively but they didn't get, fighting. They didn't get shot. They didn't. Yeah, you're telling me they, they missed. Did. I, ain't, I know a lot of things, but the, the, these Appalachian people. Which means they people, shot them. Yeah. 
and it didn't kill him. Now, granted, they ain't like, missing it. And like, granted, they could have shot and missed. I don't you know? know about all that though. Like, in, in the it, south, it's like, I, yeah, hey. I'm look. I believe in a lot of paranormal stuff out there. I believe there's a lot of strange things that happen. But could it be that it's owls? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But again, you would think that there would be more stories with more cases in this area where something like this would have happened. If they were able to dodge gunfire for four hours or however many hours it was, what was their purpose? Why stay around to get shot at? Yeah, if you know that it's not going to affect you, fine. That's one thing. But why stay around? What would be the purpose? How do of, you know they didn't do something somewhere else? And that person was like, "I'm not telling anybody about this because they'll ridicule that's true shit too. me." So you how mean, many people? You, you how mean many they're scouting are, different houses? What? No, no. I'm saying they had a purpose and they fulfilled that purpose. We just don't know what that purpose was because whoever was the victim of said purpose is probably not going to tell you if they got probed because people who get probed there it don't is. talk about it. Yeah, it's not there a Unless they put it in a book and then the Shane communion. tries to read that book and it takes him probed. What the? 28 days. <laughs> Look, Shane still hasn't finished the com- communion. Listen, I, yes, I did. I did finally, finish finished it? It, finally finished but, it, but it was like, I think on the last day. Yeah, took you 28. I read like 47 books, including an entire Jim Jones biography. Listen, yeah, and that was impressive. A thousand pages. That was impressive. But I will tell you, like my attention span is not great, especially, especially spreading butt cheeks. What? What? (laughs) Probed. (laughs) That didn't didn't keep your attention. What the hell? Like you (laughs) threw me off. I have no idea what you're talking about. Getting probed. What about getting Who probed? Got probed? Whitley Schreiber. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, but he talked about it. Right, and, and look about what it. it did to his life. That's true. Well, people still talk. To him. He, he's fine. He's fine. fine. He's good. You know, he went through some tribulations, but he's good now. It's like the dude from the uh, Fire in the Sky. What's his name? Uh, Travis Walton. Travis yeah. Walton. Yeah, I met that guy, man. He is not. Had He's, the best life, yeah. But it's some fascinating it, stuff. It is fascinating. Most of most of the people that have come forward from UFO encounters or alien encounters, you could tell something abductions. Happened something happened to them, and it was not good. They didn't come out of that happier and no, healthier. Is that what happened to you? Mm, I wish. <laughs> I wish. I would love if you take me. <laughs> take me. Take me now. Could, could QA. Please? QA. Yeah. Could our supporters please fund an abduction for <laughs> I'm on the roof every oh night. God. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However... There are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. 
It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Welcome to the Paranormal Mind, the Searcher's Podcast. And Ray is already misbehaving. And and just to clear this up, guys, Ray is not a misogynist. No matter how how many times you think it from watching 28 Days on it, and I'm not either. Ray has a wife and like a million kids. He's not a misogynist. I assure you. Well, to be fair, you could have a wife and a bunch of kids and be a misogynist. <laughs> yeah. But we know him personally, and we know I've known him for good. a very long time. Yeah, my wife rules the roost. Yeah. I just do what I'm told. Yeah, I wouldn't even done 28 days on it if my wife hadn't told me to. Yeah, that's what a lot of people don't know. I think you know editing is a magical thing. Right, I'll tell you that. Like, there's there's a lot of things that. People who watch these shows, they don't realize that sometimes the editing could be geared towards a certain way. And whenever we sign on to do these shows, we go in and most of the people out there, especially in this genre, they try to go about it with pure intentions. They've got a job to do and they want to do it to the best of their ability. But when editing's involved and you got other things at play, sometimes that gets twisted. Absolutely. And in the case of how editing turned out, it portrays you in a way that was not legitimate in my eyes. So I just want to say people who have seen the show and you have any speculation about it, follow the searchers and what we do. You'll see our true nature, the character of what we do and the stuff that we show you even behind the scenes, the stuff that we do, we show you who we are as people and we're not perfect. We act stupid. A lot of the times there's a lot of things that are not the best about (laughs) us, but you know, we go about what we do to the best of our ability and we care about the paranormal field and you know just searching for the truth out there we're a lot like anybody else out there we're just trying to wake up and go to bed every day yeah and there's going to be there's going to be people that don't like us and that's cool you know but just keep in mind for those that are really wanting to give certain shows and stuff a chance that editing is magical and editing is geared towards a certain storyline and if you're not meshing with that storyline, then things will be edited in a way to where it fits that storyline. And yeah. a lot of your favorite paranormal heroes are totally different in real life than you think they are. Oh, absolutely. Just because they look really cool on television in real life, they're douchebags. Some of them. Facts. Most of them. (laughs) Don't say most. Don't meet your heroes. No, 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 no. Uh, There's a lot of great people out there. Uh, uh, At least the the people that I associate with and, and work with, for the most part, I mean, all of them are really down to earth, genuine people. So I don't really want to say that, but I know like there's there's some odd oddballs out there but that's with any (coughs) any genre or any profession it's crazy because like every paranormal show that comes out 
everybody thinks that they could do a better job than the people that are doing it. And that's the, I think that's really the issue with this genre is like, there is no support. In the, and I mean, that's sad. Agreed. Like, no matter what we do, someone's going to say, oh, we could do it better. If it was me doing it, it would be better. If it was not these people doing it, it would be better. It's not like, hey, I appreciate what you're doing. And even like, let's say we go somewhere that 10 other teams have been. We're not going to cite the research and the evidence no. that they got and continue it because that's not the field we're in. We're not in a supportive field where like we can say, hey, you know, to to use an example and and to be fair, they are really awesome and like I appreciate everything they do, but like the Destination Fear Crew. Oh yeah, absolutely. When we went to Sweet Springs, they'd already been, but it's not like we said, hey, you know, based on the evidence that Chelsea and Dakota and Tanner and all of them got, we started from scratch. It shouldn't be like that. We should all be feeding off each other because this is a field of study. Right. At the end of the day, if all fields of study were like that, where nobody used other people's research, they would never we wouldn't even have advances in medicine. We wouldn't have advances in that's true in any field. That's true. It should be the same for parapsychology and for paranormal investigating. We should be citing each other's work. No, absolutely. As pieces of the puzzle, putting them together to find uh, the truth in s some capacity, right? right? Like you look I think at, we've you look always at said that like, we hope with the stuff that we do with searchers and everything, we hope that maybe like when we're dead and gone, the stuff that we did, even if on. It, yeah, at least there's a piece of it maybe that mattered. But know, if you look at some of these, look at some of these locations that have been done to death. Mm -hmm. How many of them have been a continuation of something someone else has done? Very few do that. It's not like we're going to Bobby Mackey's and picking up where other people have left off. It's not like we're going to nobody's doing that in this field. And I think that we're all doing ourselves a disservice by not working together and not supporting each other and not because everyone says, oh, we want to to do that. We're not doing this for fame and fortune. We're doing this to, to help. It's where the entertainment that. portion of it comes in. Right. And like a lot of the stuff you see on TV, there's so many contracts and red tape and hurdles. I mean, we're sit I'm sitting here. We all interviewed for 28 Days Haunted. And we got one guy that's out of his contract. The other guy still isn't out of his contract. I didn't sign a contract and I could talk about anything. And it's all about the same topic. You know, it gets really, uh, gets really weird. Yeah. And it gets tough to think and choose about what you're going to say, but that's the TV aspect of it. I guess in the idea of promoting science, we right. all should be collectively working on that. Together. For the greater good of paranormal investigating and for the paranormal field in general. Right. Well, e every other field is the same way. Yeah. Like the, the medical field. If people didn't expound upon certain theories and hypotheses about certain things, then the medical field would be in shambles too. And right. people can argue that it is in certain degrees already, but it's the same concept. Like if there's things that are found out, we need to build we upon need to know it. About. If there's a foundation already laid, if there's cracks and pieces missing or, or things that need to be improved upon, we can do that, but we still need to build upon a firm foundation. And if we don't have that, then we're what are we doing here? When, and to be fair, when we go places, if we know someone that's been there, we always we reach always out do, to them. Do reach like, out hey, to them. Know, 
you know, Destination Fear actually is one of those when we went to the Old South Pittsburgh Hospital. We did reach out to them then. Yeah. And, you know, and it's not to say that when we were at Sweet Springs in our first episode of The Paranormal Mind that we didn't already know the location of where some of their more profound evidence was captured. Do we did. Did we necessarily address it in the episode? No. But is it in the back of our minds as prior knowledge? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and to anybody out there that's listening, if you're into the paranormal or you have a paranormal team or anything like that, go into it with a goal of trying to be collaborative, trying to work with people. If you're trying to set yourself apart in something, I'm going to tell you right now, especially in this field, you're going to fail. Right. Go on Facebook and you'll see it really quick. All the time. There's so many people that the same black shirt, paranormal teams, which is nothing wrong with what you wear. Anybody and everybody out there is trying out this paranormal thing. Right. There's a lot of us out here. We are much better together than we are apart. Right. Be yeah, better absolutely. than the ones before you yeah, I mean, are that, negative and are unsupportive. You right. don't have to tear someone else down to build yourself up. Exactly. And if you do, you're doing things wrong. Yeah, absolutely. You are. And that's something that we've always believed. Yeah. And, you know, we're sitting here, we're filming our own stuff, we're recording our own podcasts, right. and we're doing all of this stuff because a lot of times we don't receive that kind of help. Because, like, when I'm at home, like, I'll watch Death Walkers with Nick Groff or I'll watch Destination Fear when it's on TV. To support them, just too. To support them. Yeah, yeah to, absolutely. To watch what they're doing and be impressed with how far they've come from season one and how far they've gotten in this field. And it's impressive. And I'm happy as hell for anybody. And we all look at it with different aspects as like a creator too, watching them. Because again, we do the paranormal mind, you know, other, other than Dines Media, which are buddies of ours. We do all of that ourselves. We take more appreciation to that aspect than what multiple people do what you don't see in in a lot of these shows is you got you know 20 person crews back there yeah to film this stuff you know not us and so it makes us more proud of our own product makes us proud of people like destination fear and then nick groff and beth walker because we know how they're doing their setups as well yeah well and here's the problem too a a lot of people feel like the only way that they're going to get ahead is if they are on a television show right that is not true no. In this genre, if your goal is to be famous, it's the wrong goal. <laughs> it's the wrong Nobody's goal. I'm telling famous. you that. It's the wrong goal. I think what it is, is if we're all searching for something, searching for the truth in some capacity, that should be our primary focus. We shouldn't be focusing on the wrong things. And I'm not saying that uh, being on television is bad. Hell, I've no. been on television. Ray, you have. And, and if it Josh ever worked out, I think any one for, of us for would a little do while. It. You know, it. it that, but we look at it more of like a function of a job. You know, we fall in line with a certain criteria of things that we are good at. Uh, paranormal investigating tends to be one of those things for me. You know, filmmaking is another one of those things. And and so if we fit a certain position and somebody reaches out to us and says, hey, can you guys interview for this? Or, hey, I like what you are doing. Can we work on something? Then our creative minds are at work and we're saying, yeah, let's see if we can figure it out. It does go south sometimes in the editing phase because 
it's not what you signed up for, but you have no control over it either. I think with us, we're more about the creative aspect. We we want to create, we want to bring other people on the journey and create with us. I mean, I, I think that's what sets us apart a little bit is that we're wanting to include as many people as possible that are willing and have genuine intent to do good the one thing that we've done that not a lot of people are doing is we're taking a step back from creating episodes to focus more on live investigations and including everybody in what we're doing that's for all of you yeah Uh, yeah i mean we do everything purely for us having fun with each other because we are really good friends and we like to travel. We like to experience these things, but also we have a lot of really hardcore supporters and we thank all of y'all for that. And we want to make sure we know that not everybody has the capability to just set up a podcast setup and, or have these cameras to produce like really good visual results and and such. So I think we we enjoy, we enjoy uh, being together with each other. Yep. And being interacting, doing doing interactions live with other people more than we enjoy making episodes and doing the monotonous. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because we all all have families. We all have jobs. At the end of the day, you know, I'm still working on the paranormal mind, which we're quite literally most of these high production things that you'll look and compare our stuff to is, you know, they got crews that do this. This is their full-time job. Well, we got other things. Yeah. So if you're a video editor and you're cheap, like free, come see us. Yeah. Because again, we don't make a ton of money doing any of this. Well, and, And when we film episodes, right? Like we noticed you know, we're in the business aspect in the professional mind of, okay, we're going to tell a good story and we're going to present this location as honest as possible. But at the same time, we were taking away time from interacting, from doing podcasts like we were wanting to do for a while. We're taking away from all of you. And that's not something we want to do. At the end of the day, if we're never famous, it's okay. As long as we are striving towards a goal, which is what Ray led off with earlier, is like we need to be building upon foundation. If we're not doing that. The biggest part that I appreciate about the filming, the podcasting and everything is that when we are like 80 years old, this is a record Oh yeah, things we've done. I love it still, but that's my forte. It's what I it's what I do. Um, Yeah. And if the opportunity is right, then fine. But you know, everything, the TV world, everything is all in disarray right now. There's a lot of things going on behind the scenes with networks and everything like that. If we focus, if we put all of our focus on that, we're not providing any value. There's no value other than we're, we're, it's a pipe dream of trying to get your next project off the ground. And if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But if, if you're putting all of your focus on, on that, then there's no meaning behind that. There's nothing to ultimately be proud of if that's all you're doing. Yeah, if you're not already there, it's going to be hard to get there right now. Every time a new project comes out or anything to that degree, but that's that's life in general, right? They only want something that's better than what they had before. Yeah, and Um, networks are really sticking with their comfort zones and they're not going out of their way to find... It's because it bleeds outside of creativity. It's all about... Uh, again, money, and to a degree, it has to matter. 
Uh, well, from a business it aspect, it makes sense. Right. Like we're not knocking these networks. It's understandable. If you know where a target audience is, you're going to try to stick there and you don't want to deviate too much. But the frustration lies, and I'm sure with a lot of people that are out there, is like people tell you, hey, we want to see different things, right? We were talking about this before right. we hit record. When you want to see different things and you want to see you're the, scared right. that the different things aren't going to work. You don't want right. to So it. you want to stick with the known formula, which is go investigate, be done with it. Yep. They have data on viewership for that stuff so they right. know what it's works. the same equipment, the same locations, the same people, the same formula. Over and over again. It's, re it's regurgitated all the time. And it, it's nothing against the shows i have friends that are on these shows that do a phenomenal <laughs> job but whenever you're saying okay we want to see something new right. we want to see something and you present that to them and they're like oh we're gonna pass well it's like you just said that you wanted something new something fresh something exciting you're given that and it, it's not just presented to you first it's presented to other production companies that got to get this in play immediately yeah. and then once you play it to the networks they're like oh unfortunately we got a pass right now it's like it's and then just, you see another show get picked up and you're like yeah well but it's uh, the same formula the but same see it's, people, it's same disheartening formula. it's yeah. disheartening so if you're out there and you're trying to get something done and you're trying to get a project across don't give up but prioritize where your attention goes because i think that's very important that's what we're doing right now of course, we can go headstrong into a lot of our projects. We have a lot of great ideas that we've been talking about and that we've been trying to do. But I think the there's a time and place for all of it. We just got to capitalize on our time and our supporters time and try and make the best out of all of it. Right. You know? um, if it takes us two years to get six professionally done episodes because we're doing it on our own. Then so and because be we it. care about the product we're putting out. Can't stress to you guys enough just how much goes into the post-production oh, processing this stuff. I mean, it's, yeah. so, it's so easy to film an episode, but it is so hard to edit. It is. Five there's minutes. a lot. And what's really unique about the stuff, and I'll, you know, we'll tell our supporters now, uh, the stuff that we film, we don't go into it with like a straight line of like the story we're trying to tell. We try to stay a little bit flexible because we do want the reality and the real unscripted stuff to play through. And then we have to go formulate that, put that together on the back end. There's yeah. a lot that goes into it. And that's why a lot of times when we put it out there to you guys, it, it's personal for us, not just like comments and stuff, but it's, it, we want to see that feedback because yeah. that's our blood, sweat and tears that goes into all of this. This is something that we put a lot of time away from family, devote time into editing behind the scenes because we don't have the huge budgets right now. So there's a lot of stuff that we do behind the scenes, but at the end of the day, all of it is it's all for you, for all of you. Okay. And that's why with these podcasts, with our Patreon for the video, we're trying to do extra. So the audio is completely free because we know that some people uh, don't have the financial capability to do, we get uh, it. to support it. We yeah. get it wholeheartedly, but we want to make it to where we try to accommodate everybody. So those that aren't able to support, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And for those that are willing to support us, we really appreciate that. And that's why our Patreon's in, in place. 
Yeah, I mean, and, a couple uh, of bucks from each person goes a long, long way and continue to create. Yeah, yeah. and that's just for the live streams and stuff that we're going to be doing, too. That just helps fund some of that. All of it goes back into what we're creating so we can entertain all of you. We get asked all the time for the first episode of The Paranormal Mind. One, you know, I know you guys have to go and pay to rent it or pay to purchase it. We're working on that, and we're going to try and change that. Two, we get asked all the time if this is ever going to be on Discovery Plus, and the truth of the answer is I don't know. We don't know that because we have no control over that. If they came to us and were like, hey, let's make an agreement. If an agreement failed, you know, hand out, then sure, it'll end up on there because I know it'd be better for a viewer. But at the same time, right now, we have the ability to put it anywhere we want to. Right. We're just trying to make the right decision doing that. But thank you so much for listening to the second episode of The Paranormal Mind. We really appreciate y'all very much. Go searchersbelieve.com. Check out all of our merch, all that good stuff, and the events that we're going to be doing. And check us out on all social media. And until next time, we're out. We're out. We did it. Oh, God. And we got to fire Josh. We got to fire Josh from this crowd. I am the sound guy.